Blog Talk Radio. Radio. You know, we've been talking a lot about how to affect change in our lives this year. 
How are you all faring with your goal setting for 2017? It is a month of do-overs, and we've got even more ideas to help you with yours. And some say it can't be done, but it can. And every second, you have an opportunity to start right where you are. And we'll get to that in a moment. This is your host, T-Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio. I am the founder and CEO of the Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to providing the basic necessities of life to underprivileged children. I'm also a reconnective healing practitioner, certified vibrational sound therapist, and positive psychology and energy psychology practitioner at Quantum Wellness Center, my private practice, located in Sussex County, New Jersey, where Energy Awareness Radio streams to you live each and every week. Energy Awareness Radio is happy to be sponsored by Audible.com, a leading provider of spoken digital audio entertainment and information. Audible.com has more than 180,000 audiobooks and spoken word audio products to choose from, so you can listen whenever and wherever you want. Just download the title you prefer free of charge and start listening when you sign up for a 30-day trial at audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. That's audibletrial.com slash energyawareness. My guest, Sam Bennett, is the author of Start Right Where You Are, which is our topic for discussion. She created the Organized Artist Company to help creative people get unstuck and achieve their goals. She is a writer, actor, teacher, and creativity productivity specialist who has counseled thousands of artists and entrepreneurs on their way to success. And you can learn more about her by visiting her website, startrightwhereyouare.com. So go ahead and write that down now so you can check it out after the show. So without any further ado, welcome to the show, Sam. Thank you so much for taking time to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. How are you being? I'm very well, T. Thank you so much for having me. Hi, everybody. This is very exciting. Um, I'm I'm excited about the show because we talk a lot, particularly in January, about doing things, uh, you know, the New Year resolutions, which... I'm kind of totally against <laughs> my big resolution. Yeah. Is don't make New Year's resolutions. That's my resolution yeah. every year, <laughs> you know, and uh, we started um, this year discussing the aspects of New Year's resolutions and allowing ourselves do-overs and your book, Start Right Where You Are, speaks so well to that, but it also offers 66 really doable changes, things that people can truly implement immediately to bring joy into their life and, and really shift the trajectory, essentially, allowing for a do-over in every single minute. So I'd like to start with you telling us, what was the catalyst to your writing this book? Yeah, that's, I'm, first of all, I'm so glad because you're right. Uh, you know, resolutions are ridiculous. And relying on your, it <laughs> means you're relying on your willpower, which is a very weak tool. You know, it's not that you don't have any, it's just not a very good tool. Um, so I wrote this book. So my, I, I, I wrote my, my first book is called Get It Done, From Procrastination to Creative Genius in 15 Minutes a Day. And it's sort of project management for creative people, right? And it's all about getting your creative work out into the world in a way that feels really good. But I realized I, and that book has done very well and very proud of it, but I realized I had kind of left something out that, you know, if it's not actually okay with you on the inside that you create your creative work out into the world, or if you are so stressed out and exhausted, you can't even think about getting your creative work out into the world. It doesn't matter what clever strategies I give you, you know, cause you're not going to do it. Right. So I really, this is, so that in some ways this is almost a prequel to get it done. Right. It's about all the, the inner stuff that has to happen first to make for a happier, more joyful and productive life. 
Yeah, and I think that, you know, you nailed it when you said that pe- people have a lot going on because so many people are living in a state of overwhelm. It's become commonplace, and actually for many people, it's their daily norm. You know, they've grown accustomed to it, and they truly do not know how to get out of that state. I mean, they just walk around in a state of overwhelm, getting more and more stressed all the time. And that is not healthy. <laughs> it's not a no. You can't create when you're like that. So what do you have for, for, to offer to them? So first of all, and this is a little bit of strong medicine, but I know you guys can take it. Um, <laughs> remember that over, overwhelm is a choice. Yep. Overwhelm is a choice. It is a choice that you make for you about you. It's not something that somebody does to you. It's something you are choosing to believe and, and do. And I think it happens when it sort of feels like everything is coming at us at the same level of intensity, you know, when Mm -hmm. everything is sort of of equal importance. And part of that is from the world we live in, you know, your message app pings and the Facebook pings, your email pings, you're like, ping, 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 these other things must all be important, (laughs) but they're not. (laughs) They may be urgent or they may come in the disguise of urgent, but really there's nothing on your email that cannot wait for 15 minutes while you spend some time on your creative project or they cannot wait for 15 minutes while you do some breathing or have a sandwich or talk with a friend or do any of the things that light you up inside. Because the other thing I hear all the time is selfish. Like I'm so overwhelmed because I'm doing so much for so many other people. And if I took time for myself, that would be selfish. Yeah, I, I hate that. And what I, mm-hmm. Right. And what I want to say is that's completely backwards. Uh, yep. Because, <laughs> Here's what's selfish. What's selfish is you walking around exhausted, stressed out, overwhelmed, underfed, and, you know, mad at everybody all the time and with no sense of humor. Like, that's selfish because the rest of us have to deal with you when you're like that. It's so true. Right? But when you show up fed, rested, meditated, creatively fulfilled, walked, padded, you know, Mm-hmm. We love that version of you. That is the ultimate generosity when you show up like that because you've got a light in your eyes. You can listen. You're not so reactive. You don't take things so personally. You have a sense of humor. You have good ideas. And you can just be present for what's happening. And, in fact, it's, it's the ultimate generosity for you to take care of you first. Well, and it's also, you know, when you are that overwhelmed, you are wasting so much time trying to get things done because that gerbil wheel in your head is just going around and around and around and you can't get off of it. The moment you relax, the moment you take a little time for you, you get off that wheel and now ideas are coming to you. You're far more productive and you actually save time. That is a tough thing to explain to people. They do not get it until they actually experience it. And I, I, I really emphasize with any of my clients or patients, you have got to just stop. You need to write things down and stop. And t- it's okay to take a breath. It's okay to get up and walk around your office because nobody wants to, like you said, nobody really wants to be in your presence when you're being, you know, cranky. <laughs> and you don't do, it's and again, not fun. You don't, and you don't do, you, and you're exactly right. You don't do your best work under there. I actually, no. and it is a little counterintuitive. I, when I was um, promoting my first book, you know how it is with a book launch. There's a million things that you could be doing and should be doing and should have done yesterday and really should have done three months ago. And, you know, it's a little, it's a lot. Um, And occasionally I would get this feeling, (laughs) it's a little overwhelming. Occasionally I would get this feeling that was sort of a tightness in my hands and chest. And the thought I would have is like, I need to do something and I don't know what it is. 
Yeah. And what I realized is that that's actually my body's cue to say, go lay down. Yeah. And here's what would happen. So I'm there, I'm stressing. I got to do something. I don't know what it is. Wait, go lay down. And, and this is, of course, the joy of working at home, right? But I would walk into the bedroom. And sometimes I'd walk into the bedroom and go, oh, I know what I need to do. And I'd come back out to the desk and do it. Sometimes mm-hmm. I would lay down and sleep for three hours. <laughs> so I'm yep. like, oh, no wonder I don't know what to do. I'm exhausted. Like I right. need to fill up the gas tank. Then I'll know what to do. And sometimes I would just take a break and read for 20 minutes or something. But again, anything to press the reset button so that you can really have access to, to your faculties and, and do your best work. Right. It's kind of like when your computer is stuck and it's just rolling around, rolling around. You have got to reboot. And if your reboot. computer needs to reboot, you need to reboot. And it's not just sleep. I mean, and this is the this is when I know I'm I'm to the edge. I'm on the edge, and I need to be talked down. It's when you go to bed and you're just about ready to fall asleep, and your body does that big twitch thing. That's your nerve mm. saying, "Oh my God, we're not used to you not moving or anything, and now we're just going to like do one final shake." <sighs> and that's not yeah. a good sign. You know what I'm talking about? I hate it when that happens. Mm-hmm. I, you have no I control over that. It just it does it, and it wakes you right up. Yeah, it's annoying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> so, like I said, your book offers so many of these changes that that are not difficult to make. And while overwhelm is a choice, and actually everything is, it's our choice. Are we going to have a good day mm. or are we going to have a bad day? Are we happy or are we sad? It's our choice in how we react to everything. Some things make it much more difficult to make the choice. And that's when you really need to use the tools. But you should practice on all of the things so that if something upsets you, you can think, well, now why is this upsetting me? Do I have all the information here? And start using your tools. Mm. You know, you have just so many. Are there any to you that... You know, it's like maybe a favorite one, you know, that you go to, like your yeah, go-to. Yeah, I do, I do. And this, it's a little like picking your favorite child because there are like a grillion, you know, some of the chapters, almost all the chapters are super duper short. They're sometimes just two pages, one page, little yep. tiny things. And they all have a little action step so you can do something right in that minute. <coughs> Pardon me. Um, and, but I think my favorite is, it's especially good when you're stuck, you know, when you're, you're having a lot of feelings, you're stuck in a feeling or you're stuck in an old story, you know, something that happened a long time ago that you can't quite get rid of or some old story from your family maybe. Um, when you've got that stuck feeling, here's what you do. You ready? Yep. Make some five-minute art about it. Make some five-minute art about it. And draw like you, like 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 you did when you were a little kid like it's not about making great art it's just about getting the feeling out and maybe it's a drawing maybe you make up a little song or do a little dance however you like to express but here's what happens when you do that two things happen one feelings just want to be felt right feelings just want to be felt that's all they want and once a feeling knows it's been felt it can get promoted and get a better job Right. <laughs> as opposed like to that. keeping the feeling locked, right? As opposed to keeping the feeling locked in the closet and hoping it'll go away because that works so well, right? So this like mm-hmm. allows the feeling to get out and allows the feeling to be acknowledged. But the other thing that happens is once it's outside of your head and onto a piece of paper or in a song or a dance, you can start to interact with it in a different way. You can start to have different insights. And I'll tell you, I was. I've had so many great experiences doing this work with myself and 
I was doing a podcast interview with a woman who has a podcast. She also still has her full-time job and she'd been reading the book and prepped for the interview and got to the five minute art exercise. And she was like, Oh yeah, yeah, that's cool. I should totally do that. You know, like we all do like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that. Yeah, sure. Sometime. Yeah. I'll write it down. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. Uh, Yeah. Sure. Right. Why not? Um, Good idea. But then she had a really, really bad day at work and she got home and she was really upset and she saw my book on her desk and went, Oh, I'm really upset. I should make some five minute art about this. So she just grabbed a piece of typing paper and just drawing, you know, stick figures. But she made a picture of her kneeling in the center and everyone from work around her throwing rocks at her. <gasps> well, that, right? is, that speaks loudly. <laughs> right? It really does. So, like, just, again, just that alone, just being able to see yeah. that and go, wow, wow, I'm really upset, you know. <laughs> and, uh, and then she said she was inspired to make a second drawing, still with her in the middle, still with everybody around throwing rocks, but with an, she drew an invisible shield around her. And she said that that shield was the love of God. Mm. So she was willing, then she was able to go into work the next day with a totally different attitude because she knew she was protected by God's love. Right. And it, it's the God of your understanding. So it's whoever, it, you know, whether it's course, spirit, source, whoever, it's white light, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because that's, because and that actually. We can all make a picture in our mind of like how that story goes, like what it's like to go into work feeling like everybody's going to throw rocks at you. Like how well is yeah, that, that career trajectory going to go, right? Yeah. That's, it's Versus, time for a new job. Yeah. It's time for a new job. Versus going in and saying nothing. These people cannot hurt me. I am protected. I am safe. I'm loved. I like that one, too, because you can use that anywhere, anytime. You know, you can feel other people's energy. And it's not just me because I'm an energy therapist. I know other people can do this, too. And you can feel, you know, you walk into a room and it's the air so thick you can cut it with a knife. And mm-hmm. or you walk into a room and everybody's really happy. And then one negative person comes in, all of a sudden the climate changes. And right. it, climate changes much faster when one negative person walks into a positive scenario than vice versa. So it takes a lot more for a positive person to get a group of negative people on mm-hmm. their side because they're just thinking, oh, you're crazy. Don't be the class clown or whatever. But, you know, I, I think that when we see that and when you see things happening that you don't want to be a part of or, or take on the energy of, you can just wrap yourself in white light or ask for protection. And it happens because it's energy. And when we can make that happen, I was in a yoga class. And I knew the yoga teacher, for some reason, she just didn't like me. And I thought, all right, I hardly ever talk to this woman. I just sit, you know, back of the class, I'm doing my yoga thing. And every time she came up to me, because I, I noticed it immediately, and I was like, okay, protect yourself in white light. Every time she started to come up the aisle toward me, she either stubbed her toe, she tripped, she flubbed up her words. She didn't know what she was, she lost complete train of thought and said, I don't even know where we are right now, until she finally didn't come up that aisle anymore. And it mm-hmm. was funny. Because I knew exactly what was happening. And the person next to me knew me and said, she, you're doing that, aren't you? And I said, I'm not doing a darn thing. <laughs> she said, yes, you are. I said, no, I'm not. I, you know, no way. She goes, you put a shield up. I said, yeah, but that's not me. It's her. It's just being, mm. anything she's deflecting at me is going back to her. And, you know, I mean, I'm sorry, but that's the way it is. Don't, you know, she, I'm not allowing her energy in. So you can do that. And, and really feel good about it and walk in and know that your energy field is going to interact with everybody else's energy field and bring them up if you're in an uplifted place. So that, that is a really good thing to do, to be able to protect yourself. I, I like that story. 
Yeah, it's fun. It's fun. There was another time I had a woman at one of my live events. She got up to the mic and she goes, um, Sam, I hear you say this thing about make some five-minute art about it. And I don't really know what you mean. And I said, oh, good. I said, so if you were going to make up a little song right now about how it feels to not know what I mean, how would that go? And oh, my she God. Goes, <laughs> and she goes, I don't get it. 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 And so she goes, oh, I get it. <laughs> fell out, and the whole room fell out because you know we can all relate to that. We all had that feeling, right? And I was mm-hmm. so pleased that she was able to take that feeling of frustration and isolation and turn it into something that we could all share. And frankly, I sing that song to myself all the time these days. I don't get it. Oh, I don't no. get it. I don't get it. Don't <laughs> get it. <laughs> There's a lot going on that I don't get. <laughs> there was there was one that I really liked because it's it's like taking a vitamin. You have a minimum daily requirement. And I like mm. that. I do. Please explain that because that to me was like, oh, this makes so much sense. I really like this. This is a good one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we all have things that we want to move forward on. And, you know, you may notice you get pretty much everything done for everybody else all day. But the things that you know would really make a difference to you don't happen. You don't make time for your yoga practice. You don't make time to work on your book. You don't make time for your arts and crafts or your time with your friends or whatever it is that really, you know, that you really love. So, what I suggest is think about one small doable thing you could do each day to bring you closer, you know, to work on the projects that matter to you or to bring you closer to your dream. And really some like less than 15 minutes, easily affordable, like a real no brainer. And then cut that in half and maybe even cut that in half. Like, here's what I'm saying. Lower the bar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think sometimes we psych ourselves out because we're like, oh, my God, I've got to lose 50 pounds. Well, honey, you can't lose 50 pounds, not without lopping something off. But you can, (laughs) you know, but you can take one small step today. You can behave like that person who's fitter and thinner today. So you can say, okay, today, you know, my, my, my minimum daily requirements on being a healthier, having a healthier body is I'm stairs at least once today. You know, that's it. That's it. I'm not promising myself I'm going to go to the gym. I'm not promising myself I'm going to suddenly find 10 hours or eat paleo. I'm just going to take the stairs. That's it. I know I can do it. It's not that much. I'm going to do it. And really make it easy. Really make it a no-brainer. And then that, that feeling of regular, tiny steps forward is such an important key to happiness and such an important key because it's very difficult for us to notice our own progress, Right. You know, we're hunter gatherers. Mm-hmm. We're not. We're not done with lunch. Then we're thinking about dinner. You know, like that. I did that already. You know? That's true. Yeah. Every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, you don't give yourself credit for the things you've already done. But when you're doing it every day, you can really start to see the progress. And so, you know, if you want to write a novel, great. Write. Commit to filling up one index card a day. Write one sentence a day. Eventually, you will have a book. Mm-hmm. Mhm. Yeah, it's the you know how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time, you know. One bite at a time. Yeah. And it's rough because we you know we have high expectations for ourselves. We we and we often you know move the bar like like I said we don't acknowledge our own accomplishments. We do something and then we think oh but I wish it had been better. No no. Mm. Let your expectations be super low. Set yourself up to succeed. And if you do more, great. But if you don't, at least you've made some progress each day. And, you know, in with that, when we cut ourselves down and say we didn't do too much, sometimes I think that's more related to women than to men. 
because we don't give ourselves enough credit, at least from what I see, you know, people coming in. So you're not giving yourself enough credit for what you do, and you need to give yourself more credit for that. And, again, it goes back to in taking time for yourself, too, so that you can fit more things in a day, not in a way that you have to cram them in and get these things done, but you're enjoying getting them done because you're not in that state of overwhelm and stress, you know? Well, that's it. Yeah. So you can be busy without the story of being busy. You can be busy without right. the story that busy equals stressed out. I was, um, we have a team meeting once a week and most of my team is, is virtual. And one of my assistants uh, lives in Alabama and uh, we got on the phone for our meeting and she goes, Sam, she says, you are so busy. You are the girl. I was looking at you, your Google calendar. You are busy, girl. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I said, oh, am I? And I thought, oh, my gosh, it works. Like, I've taken my own medicine. I'm busy, but without, but I don't feel busy. I don't feel stressed out. You're just busy. I'm busy like a trapeze artist is busy. You right. know, I'm busy You're just going from one thing to the next. I'm in flow. Be yep. busy like a neurosurgeon. Just Yep. You know. Because that's busy enough and it's and you're getting things done. And it's so funny because when you talk about um, people being busy, you know, you go to a meeting or here's a good example. So I'm teaching a class and I don't even remember what the subject was, but I heard everybody talking and saying, oh, well, I had to do this, this and this. Oh, well, I had to do this, this and this. You know what I had to do? And I said, OK, let's pair up. Everybody's going to pair up. Pick some one person. I want you to tell each person what it is you had to do. And I said, because this is going to be. Like this class is going to be over in five minutes because you guys are going to end up hating each other. <laughs> they looked at me and said, we're really going to do this? I said, yeah. So they paired up. This is a real easy way to get a class to just end soon. And, you know, you could hear the one-upmanship in the who stressed mm-hmm. more than who. Now, this is not a contest anyone should want to enter, never mind hope to win. I mean, seriously, why do you want to say, well, I had to do this, and I'm so stressed because of this, and, oh, well, I had to do this, and I'm more stressed than you? That is not a competition. Well, it's, but it feels like it is. I mean, and you're right. There yeah. is an international game of busy poker going on yeah. that yeah. I really advise people to step away from. But, you know, I, can get, I get why it's <laughs> – well, it is, but I get why it's attractive, too, because I, I feel this way, too. Like, you know, we want to be needed, and we want to feel useful, and we want to feel like our work matters. And we want to demonstrate that to other people, you know, I'm that, that, but, it, but it's, it's, we've gone way too far in the wrong direction. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So to, to call that, to stop participating in that game, if you've got friends who are, you know, playing the busy poker, overwhelmed poker, just don't even participate. Right. Just smile and say, I'm, you know, people say, how are you? Say, I feel great. Thank you. Yep. Like, I mean, well, people you know, say, just, you know, how, you know, T, are you busy? And I'm like, yeah, life is good. Thanks. Living the good life. You know, and yeah. Like, that, that, okay. Better busy than bored. <laughs> yeah. They never know how to respond to that because I give like short, quick answers, you know, um, including when somebody will say, you know, I, I, I learned how to say no very easily. And people, mm-hmm. they think that you're going to say yes. And they'll say, can you help with this? And I'll say, oh, no. And they don't know what to say when you just say no. You do not need to provide an explanation. You do not need to give an answer to them any more than no. And if somebody says, gee, I thought you'd say yes, why are you saying no? And I'll just look and say, I choose not to. I don't have time. Oh, okay. Nobody expects to hear that. When you say I don't, for instance, people will say to me, I'll text you this, and I'll say, I'm sorry, I don't text. It stops them dead in their tracks. They're like, you don't text? And I'm like, my phone doesn't do it. I have a very old phone. They're like, you're kidding. And I say, nope. And they're like, okay. They don't know what to do. Because they think that you're going to be 
one with them doing everything that they're doing, and it's going to be real easy to get you into that grind. No, we all get a certain amount of time on this planet. You know, I don't know how much time I have. Nobody knows how much time they have. But I want to spend my time that's going to be purposeful for me and benefit me and help others. But I'm not going to do it by spending all my time helping others. And if I have to say no, you just say no. And I can understand, like one of your chapters talks about that, and and it talks about making you the heavy. And I'm like, okay, I like this chapter, but I'm going to disagree with it a little bit because I think it's okay for women to just say no without explanation. But women have a very difficult time saying that. You will never see a guy have a difficult time saying no. They just say no and they walk away. I've worked with a lot of men, and I'm like, you know what? I'm going to start building up my testosterone here. Just going to say no. Just say no. Do the Nancy Reagan approach. Just say no. Walk away. It's really easy. You got to practice. <laughs> it's <yourself>. true. <laughs> it's hard, it's but true. It's, and you then, can yeah, do it. that's why I give people the interim step because you're right. It's it's best to take responsibility for it yourself. But if you need to, you can say, oh my gosh, I would love to. But um, my friend Sam Bennett, the author, she said, I can't. She won't let me. I'm so sorry. I'm working with this coach. She won't let me. Just think, you know, blame it on me. Double your price. And people would stop dead in their tracks on that too, because they'd be like, "What?" Because it's something they're not used to hearing. You know, they're not used to hearing that. That they don't. They're not used to hearing no, let alone somebody won't let you, so you can't. I think it's shocking. It's funny to do. People should try this because it will be funny. You will find people. You will walk away laughing, thinking, "No, they're stumped," but I think this is a riot. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And 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 you do really get to make the rules of of communication. I remember talking to a client who was like, "I can't believe it. I have." She was a graphic designer. She's like, "I have this client who's calling me on a Sunday, and they want ten revisions, and I don't know how to. And they they don't want to. And I need to charge them more, but I don't want to charge them more." And I'm like, "Stop." You are the authority figure in this relationship. You are right. the boss. You are the one with the skill set. You are the doctor. You make the rules. I'm like, first of all, what are you doing picking up the phone on a Sunday? Like, yeah. What? You're teaching them that it's okay. You're yeah. teaching them that it's okay. You want to be reliable, but not infinitely available. Right. I often wait 24 hours to respond to an email or even a text sometimes. Because I don't want to teach people that I am always at their beck and call. I'm not. Right. I'm available during That's office what, yeah. hours, and I will get back to you within 24 hours. Yep. And those are, and people will say to me, well, how do people get in touch with you? And I'm like, okay, that's not the only form of communication. You know what I mean? Right. There's a landline at my office. You can't have my cell phone number. That's only for the doctors. And uh, let's see. You can email me. Those are your options. So you can call yeah. or you can email. I will get back to you. I don't need six million places to check. Oh, Right. Okay. And they, they're lost. They do not know what to do, but then they learn, oh, we have to email T or we have to make a phone call. Sorry. That's just the way it is. You know, it's my life. I'm choosing to live it my way. Everything's a choice. You get two choices. Am I going to go with this or am I going to go with that? I'm doing it my way, you know, and, and people sometimes get a little upset about that, but then they learn it's fair. It's very fair. Mm-hmm. I think what they don't understand is that they can't go back and do it. And of course you can. There was a woman who was traveling. Well, she was traveling from England to the United States. My husband was telling me this. And she, was, she got off the plane in New York and she forgot her phone in England. She had to travel the entire United States without a cell phone and doing whatever the work was that she was doing. And then she went back home and she said, you know what? I liked it. And she stopped using mm-hmm. her cell phone. And I thought, there you go. There you go. Technology is a big takeover. It usurps so much of our time, you know. Yeah, it's it's crazy. But uh, and then there was another one that I, I liked a lot of them. So I'm just going through these, if that's okay. <laughs> sure. There was one that stood out in my mind is the turning complaints into requests. I mean, I saw that and I started laughing. Mm. <laughs> and this is pure genius, Sam. This is pure genius. So go ahead and tell us about that one. <laughs> 
Yeah, so this is this is something from my the family I grew up in. My mother always insisted that we were not allowed to complain about something unless we had uh, a solution in mind, unless we had a, a better way to do it, or we were willing to take responsibility for fixing it. And so it's very simple, you know. You may first of all, first of all, a little like the willpower thing. You may notice that complaining doesn't work. It doesn't, doesn't change anything. Doesn't get you anywhere. Right up there with nagging. Also, mm-hmm. a very ineffective strategy. So just notice that you're burning a lot of energy doing something that's not really working. So just for the sake of having a better strategy, um, you know, let's say your, you know, sweetheart leaves the wet towels on the floor. Rather than, I can't believe my sweetheart left those towels on the floor. I uh, worked so hard to do those to make those towels clean, and now they're just sitting here in a wet heap, and that's just awful. Like, if you have a problem with the wet towels, you have some choices. You can say, sweetheart. Would you hang up the wet towels, please? You can maybe even give some more information. Sweetheart, I don't think the wet towels want to be on the floor. I think they want to be hung up where they can dry and be airy and delicious rather than moldy and disgusting on the floor. I don't think the floor likes it. I don't think the towel likes it. And I know I don't like it, right? <laughs> maybe, you know, you give True. them more context. You're still running the risk that they're, that they're not going to do it. And what I would really notice at that point is that the person who cares about the towels is you. So you should hang it up. Right? If it bothers you, then you fix it. But mm-hmm. whatever you're up to, to understand that, that inside every complaint is a request. There's something you want to be different. And you have not just the right, but the responsibility to ask for that. Other people may That's not know yeah. that they're annoying you to death. <laughs> you <know>? Right. Because right. <laughs> it's fine with them. <laughs> right, exactly. And people they're, respond they're a lot fine to requests. Yeah, they have fun with their behavior, and they'll respond to a like you said, and they'll say, I didn't know it was bothering you. Okay, well, you know, I don't need to do that anymore, you know. Um, I always hated it when people would say, my husband leaves the toilet seat up. And I'd be like, well, how come it's not okay for him to leave the toilet seat up, but it's okay for you to leave it down? Mm, sure. And people would look at me and say, well, well, they can lift it up. And I'd say, you can put it down. That's right. Well, he's the husband. That doesn't mean his job is to put the toilet seat down any more than it means it's yours to put it up for him. So why don't you shut the toilet seat and the lid, and it's good feng shui to do that, and then you both have to lift something. There you go. <laughs> That's what That's I do. Fair. And they're like, That's fair. really? And I'm like, yeah, that way it looks nice when you go in the bathroom and you're not looking at a toilet, you know, and it's good feng shui. Nothing's going down the toilet. They're like, seriously? Mm-hmm. I say, yeah. And I, I can't tell you how many people have turned and said, you know what? Now I keep the toilet seat down and we don't fight or argue because we both agreed it looks better and, you know, things are better. And I'm like, yeah, there you go. It's an easy. So there many you things go. Are easy fixes are just something you can figure out and do and talk about and say, oh, that's an easy fix. You know, okay. why? Yeah, little, little change, small change, make a, little yeah. change make a big difference. <laughs> sure, because why do you want to complain and get that energy involved? Now you're both mad at each other for sometimes a very long time. I mean, I've had people come in and say, we've been bad, mad for three or four days. And I'm like, are you kidding me? Why? Yeah. Why? Why are you wasting your brain cells on this? Life is short, people. It is short, you know. Exactly. It drives me crazy to do it. Um, and one entertaining one, sort of. I mean, when you read the, until you got into it, the one that seems a bit risque, <laughs> the grown-up naked time. Now, I, happy you know, grown-up naked time. Yeah, happy grown-up yes. naked time. 
it does. It does. So keeping in mind, this is a family show. Um, yeah. But here's here's the why. real point of happy grown up naked time. Here's the real point is, and it's probably easier to to demonstrate than to to, to talk about. So just. And see, now that sounds dirty. Okay. Uh, yeah. I was like, where are we take, going with this, Sam? Wait a minute. Okay. So take one of your hands and, and, and put it, you know, maybe put it in your other hand or, or put it on your arm or maybe your face, whatever part of your body is available, right? So just just sort of grab your own – I'm touching my forearm here. Um, and just take a second to notice how your arm feels. Like, what's the texture of the skin? What's the temperature? Can you feel the strength of your muscles underneath? Or, you know, just, just notice what you notice. Oh, this part's softer and this part's a little dry, you know. Um, and that's really the heart of Happy Grown Up Naked Time. It's about taking some time, I don't know, half an hour, Wednesday nights at 630, to... No, that's when the show be... is, Wednesday night at 730. <laughs> <laughs> no, but beforehand, so we're done by seven, and then you can get a cup of tea and listen to the show. Right. Um, but just, yeah, so just a little bit of time. But for you to remember that you have a body and to explore it in a calm, non judgmental, non goal oriented way. So it is not actually sexual. It can be, if you want it to be, sure, knock yourself out. But it can also just be a meditation. It can just be a noticing. And you can do it alone. You can do it with a partner, whatever, you know, lights on, lights off, whatever you like. But we so often lose track of our, of our body. And it works so hard for us. It does so many things for us with no complaints. And all we do is yell at it you know, for not being thinner and younger. Um, so to take right. a minute and be like, oh, look, my feet. Oh, my legs. Oh, my belly. And even just, you know, running your hands on your face, just feeling your own face for a second and cherishing your own face just for a moment. It's a very beautiful practice. And, um, you know, I had a friend, uh, I have a friend named Annie who when her son was a toddler, she was his full-time caregiver, and she also was actually looking after a neighbor kid as well. She said by the end of the day, her husband, Charlie, would get home, and she said she felt like she was covered in sticky fingerprints. She was like, don't mm-hmm. touch me. Don't touch me. <laughs> like, I have been public property all day long. Don't touch me. Yeah. And so for somebody like Annie, happy grown-up naked time would be a time to set aside and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to remember that I am not public property, that I am not just something for toddlers to climb on. I am a woman. I am a person. I have a body. And, and, and I love myself. They did a beautiful study in, in Great Britain about slow touch, right? So if you're patting, say, your hand or your arm, like at the rate at which you would normally pat an animal, um, and then you cut that time in half, right? So you're just going sort of more slowly and even maybe a little more slowly than that. It actually improves your self-image. So touching yourself, your own skin, very slowly can actually help you feel better about yourself. It can increase your confidence and your sense of of, of self-worth. Yeah, you get you know you you realize that you're a human being like everybody else, and you know people need human touch. You That's have right. to figure it out. 
people need human touch. That's the right. one thing that people who have lost their spouse, the first thing that they still say when, you know, a spouse has passed away is that the thing I miss the most is being touched. And that's so that's sad, right. you know, and people need a hug. And, you know, it, it, it's nice to get it from someone else, but if you can't, you have to kind of pamper yourself, you know, get in a jacuzzi, feel good about yourself, get out, put on some cream, do, do the self-care, a little bit of pampering, and allow your body to rejuvenate with whatever creams you're using, the moisturizers or whatever, and, and really feel it going on, you know, when you're putting it on your leg and feel it going in and feeling like, okay, my leg is now moisture, you know, because so many people have dry skin during the wintertime particularly. Um, sure. So it is a, it's a good thing to do, you know. It's good to yeah, be able to, I actually say a little prayer when I'm putting lotion on after the shower. I'll say a little prayer over my feet and you know for blocking me in the right direction and my knees for keeping me flexible and yep. my belly for giving me so much wisdom like I, I say a little prayer as I'm doing it so yeah it's just bring a little bit of mindfulness and again it's not it's not really about sex it can be but some people don't want to have sex some people can't have sex some people are right. too mad and exhausted to have sex like it's not yeah you know, so if you wanted to too. do that I think that's fine <laughs> but if not like there's a way to be intimate with yourself or with a partner in a non-sexual way that just can be really um, fun and, and pleasurable and uh, restorative. Yeah. Intimacy is not always physical. It's actually, it's, it's really not because you can be Mm. physical and not be intimate at all. Intimacy is really looking into someone's eyes and in, in seeing into their soul. And when you go within and see into your own soul, that's a very intimate practice you're having with yourself, you know, so you can intuit things a lot better. And that to me is what intimacy really is. It's not, you know, you can have sex with 52 different people in one day and say you had an intimate time. You did not. You were having sex with people. That's all you were doing. There was no intimacy involved at all. Um, the interesting thing that you started this book, chapter one, with how to create a miracle, which is very interesting. Why did you make that chapter one? Well, you know, I, I, I talk even, even before chapter one, I, I talk a little bit about the nature of the self-help industry because I, I got a question. I got somebody emailing me and saying, you know, Sam, like you're, let's face it, you're a motivational speaker. People feed off your energy. They listen to you for entertainment, but they don't actually change, you know, but they don't change anything. Unless you're going to come move in with me, you know, <laughs> kick yeah. my butt 24-7, you know, this is <laughs> going to work. And I wrote back to the person and I said, well, you know, it's true. It's, it's true that, that, it's, that about, for about 80% of the people who, who listen to me or take my courses or read my books, it's true they don't change. They're really just, they are just listening to it for entertainment. And that's fine. That's mm-hmm. Fine. I love listening to self-help stuff. I love listening to things. There's no law that says you have to take action on every single thing. You're allowed to just listen, get inspired, have a good feeling, and move on with your life. Like, that's fine. But for at least 20% of the people I work with, they really do change. Yeah. They really do. They take the tools. They take the techniques. They implement them. They take the mindset shifts. They start to see changes. They follow up. They keep going. And they do. They double their income. They get out of bad relationships. They, they start their dream business. You know, all kinds of – I've seen amazing, miraculous things happen. And, and so I wanted to start with that. And I had it happen in my own life. You know, I went from broke and crying on a couch in North Hollywood to – Six Figures by the Beach and not very much was really all about changing the way I was interacting with each moment. Yeah, it's taking action. So that's action. where the miracles happen is right now. Yeah. The miracles happen right now. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting, especially that we're talking about this this year. This is the year 2017. And 
it's a one year numerologically and it's a year of miracles. It actually is. And it's the start of a new cycle. Years run in nine year cycles in numerology. And that's how our lives are panned out. And when you look at that and realize that, okay, we are in a one year, great things can happen if we allow them to, if we just take short action, small little actions, which is great because your book does that. As you said, they're small or short chapters. So it doesn't take that long to read each one. But the best part is when you, look at the table of contents, you can find what it is that you need by going through, you know, if you're, if you're Mm -hmm. in a situation, you can say, which one of these is going to apply and go to that once you've read through the book, you know, to to familiarize yourself with it. So I really like the way that it's indexed and it's easy to go to and you can find something that's easy to do. That's the thing. A lot of times things are, well, that's, you know, it's simple, but it isn't easy. But these are all simple right. and easy, and they're not time-consuming. They're really not. No. You know? No. You can... And that's that's the thing. You know, that was really the big shift for me is when I stopped taking my – I stopped locating my happiness in the future. You know, I think I think I was doing something that, that a lot of us do, which is that, like, well, when this happens, right. then yep. then it'll be okay. You know, if, if I yep. get this gig or I make this amount of money or this happens or that happens, then, yep. then it'll be okay. And, you know, sometimes I would hit hit those goals and sometimes I wouldn't, but it wasn't changing how I was feeling on the inside. And I realized I needed to bring my attention less, less in the future and more in the present moment. What can I do right now, not even later tonight, but right now to make my life a more joyful and productive place? And so that means I'm working with my mindset, with what I'm thinking, and with the things my hands and feet can touch right now. So... And one, here's one really simple one, actually. This is, this is kind of fun. Is to just ask yourself in this present moment right now, how can I make this moment more me? How can I make this moment more me? How can I make this conversation more me, this outfit, this dinner, this whatever? Like how can I just show up just 1% more in this moment right now? And I think people look at that and they think, well, you mean right now? It's like, yes, in this moment, you know, and yes, right well, now, right now. Yes, not later, yeah. right now, right now. You know, and yeah. it's going to mean different you're... things to different people, you know, and Because you only moments. get the present moment. That's the only moment you're guaranteed is the one you're in. <laughs> it's where all the power is. It's where all the exactly. power is. And I think we've all had the experience of like, I don't know, being in line at the grocery store or something and you're there, you're in line. And then all of a sudden... You know, maybe you make eye contact with the clerk or somebody makes a joke or something. You know, you end up in a little exchange with somebody. Somebody, you should show up a little bit more. And you have get to have a little moment with that person. It's like that. You know, it's, 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 I'm not saying, you know, let your whole freak flag fly unless you're into that. But really just <laughs> being just one degree more present, you know, and maybe that means being a little more open or a little more fragile or a little more decisive or a little more, um, sarcastic or whatever it is you are, just see if see how it starts to change things. Because yeah. uh, the more present and authentic you can be in your life, the the happier life you're going to have. I can almost guarantee it. Yeah, and if you are your authentic you, you'll start to see things moving in a flow that you never expected, and or it may be unfamiliar to you, and you'll realize, wow, things are better. I, I'm doing something right, and you'll continue down that vein simply because you like it. And when you like something, you continue to do it or you wouldn't do it, you know. Uh, and right. one of the, the very last chapter, you can't take everyone with you. This is so 
hard for people because they'll start to see things shift. And this is the difficult part of change. You know, as you change your, and, and you wrote in the book exactly what I tell people. You are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. Sometimes it's, it's time to up your average, which means you need to leave people behind and you need to get yeah. rid of people to move on or you're not going to grow. So don't allow people to cling on to you. You need to move to groups where you can learn from people. And don't be a cling-on person. Be somebody who contributes to it instead of being, you know, I have this um, – I had an advisor, uh, uh, board of trustees meeting last night for my foundation and we're sitting there and sometimes people get on what I call the discouragement committee and I'm like, mm-hmm. Oh, you're on the discouragement committee. We don't have one of those in this organization. So you either need to leave or change, change your attitude. And they're like, okay. And that's just the way it is. You know, no discouragement, no negativity. Can't have it. No time for it. We'll not put up with it. That's not what we're doing here. You know, it's a volunteer mm-hmm. organization, and we have to bring money in to help these kids who have nothing. So if you want to be a part of it, good, but you can't be negative or you can leave. And sometimes those people do leave, and you will notice people will leave out of your life. It might be temporary, and they might come back, but it could be permanent, and that's not a bad thing, you know? What is it, reason, no, season, and lifetime? That's right. That's right. And actually, my friend Shasta Nelson is a friendship specialist. She actually studies friendship. And she says that we actually replace 50% of our close friends every seven years. Mm. So it's a very natural process. It doesn't have to be violent. You don't have to go like, I'm not friends with you anymore. But what I notice is when you start changing the way you're being in the world, um, you know, some people start to realize, like, you you were not going to play. Right. (laughs) So they stop calling you so much. Or you stop calling them so much. It doesn't have to be violent or mean we love people we let them walk their own path we don't insist that everyone walks our path that's not right, right for everyone so yeah and like a you might have to life, let some people go you know? Yeah. yeah. And then they might have to let you go. And that's OK, too. You know, like attracts like. And, and we're all here on our different journeys. And if you want to go and be with someone on their journey and help them, that's great. But don't go and be a hindrance. Try to take them down. You know, that's not right. That's not the way to to make things flourish in your own life or theirs, you know. And so when you see those things happening, you just have to try and take a step back and say, OK, well, enough of that and move on. It's your journey to create the way that you want to in the most beautiful way that you can. And sometimes that's right. a difficult thing for people because they don't see that coming. They don't realize that, well, you know, now I don't talk to my family as much or now I don't. Well, you know what? DNA does not a family make, you know? So just because they're, you're born into that family doesn't necessarily mean it's a good thing. Most of them are dysfunctional now, you know? So. <laughs> well, and you can always talk to them about other things, right? you know, ask them about themselves. It works almost every time. Just you know, when you're yeah, with people work, who yeah. don't get it, don't 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 go to the empty cookie jar. You know, right. don't try to get approval and affection from people who are not capable of giving you approval and affection. Um, yeah. Talk to them about other your your family and friends love you and they want to keep you safe and that's why they say things that sound discouraging is because they think they're mm-hmm. keeping you safe. They think they're helping you. So you say thank you for the love and the help. Keep your head down, keep your shields up, talk to them about how great, you know, about how beautiful the garden is, something, anything else. Just keep it off yep. of you. And, but then yep. go find the people who do get what you're up to, who can celebrate you, who welcome you, who are already into the things that you're into and who are, as they say, better tennis players. Find the people and, and- who are better at what you do than you are and hang out with them. And where it's reciprocal, where you offer something to nourish yeah. them and they offer something to nourish you. Because if there's no reciprocity, it's not going to work. 
It's just right. not, you know, and it can work for a while. But if you see things start to degrade, you have to realize, okay, I got to back off. I got to back off. And then eventually it just, you know, like the Indians, you just shake hands and leave peacefully, you know, and uh, that's really one of the things that, that I think people are surprised at when they say, yeah, it's funny. I don't talk to that person anymore. And it's like, okay, well, you've moved on. Now who are the five people that you hang around with the most? How Your average has right. probably gone up. Your average can go down if you're a negative person, but if you're a positive person moving forward, trying to do things that are purpose-filled and, and, and heart-fulfilling, then you can definitely up your average. And that's the goal, just to keep upping your average so that you are in service better to the world. Because when you present yourself the gift of you to this world in a way that's very positive, everybody gains. Everybody gains. Nobody loses. Yeah. It's, and it's not being that's stuck right. up. It's just being positive. So, you know, I can't believe this. We're almost at the top of the hour, Sam. But before you go, I really would like you to tell people how they can learn more about you and your work and where they can purchase your book. Start right where you are. Absolutely. So you can get Start Right Where You Are, wherever you like to buy books. It's available online, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you're a local independent reseller. Um, big fan of supporting independent bookstores. Um, And you can go to startrightwhereyouare.com. There's a bunch of free uh, stuff. There's not even an opt-in required. You can just download some some free stuff. And if you do want to opt-in, there's my Procrastination Domination Starter Kit, which will help you decide which of your 137 great ideas you should be moving forward on now. Um, (laughs) And it's a lot of fun. And then you'll be on my email list, which is pretty much how I communicate with people. So, um, you know, you'll get a bunch of poems and free stuff and you can write me back and tell me what you're up to and we'll be pen pals and best friends. We'll be- <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day and out of your life's journey to join us here at Energy Awareness Radio. I really appreciate it. It was fun. It was funny. It was good. It was uplifting. And people, I'm sure, learned a lot. The book is great. It's easy to read. It's easy to do. Simple to go through. And I think even if they just apply one, just apply one you know, of the changes, you will see changes and then you'll want to go back and do more. That's so important, you know, so I really appreciate your time. Oh, my pleasure. I was so glad to be here. Thank you so much. Thank you. So listeners, you know, we need you to spread the word. We know you enjoy what you hear on Energy Awareness Radio, so please share it with your friends. We live in a very challenging and constantly changing world, and that's why I have the guests that I do, to keep you apprised so you won't get lost in the dross of life. We need to stay aware so we can navigate easily and live the life we're meant to live productively, healthfully, and purposefully. And this is where you find the tools to do just that. So please send the link for this show that you just listened to to everyone you know and let them have the same opportunity that you just had so that they can learn and grow and make the world a better place for all. On behalf of everyone here at Energy and Awareness Radio, I'd like to thank all of our listeners for tuning in. My name is T. Love, and I hope you'll be back next week for another great show. For more information about me, please visit my website, quantumwellness.org. You'll find an archive list of past shows and the lineup for upcoming shows, as well as information about other upcoming events. Please be sure to check out our charitable organization for kids, Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, where every penny of every donation goes directly to children in need. We are run solely by volunteers. There are no salaries or stipends. Soji Huggles Children's Foundation, investing in a brighter tomorrow by giving them a better today. And thank you for taking the time to visit our website, SojiHuggles.org. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter at NRG Aware Radio. That's at NRG Aware Radio and at Soji Huggles. I am your host, T Love, here at Energy Awareness Radio, intending you and yours a most wonderful week. Remember, living from your heart is quite easy. You need only give thanks to do so. Take care and stay well.
It's not a hand. 